0: Welcome to TA1. Everything you wanted to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. And I have the legendary Jimmy Lee and the legendary Stevie Ray co-hosting tonight. Um, Mark Latanzi, been here before. This one's a little different than what we've talked about at other times. Um, Talking about the new Adventure Race Cooperative which if you aren't a member, join now, stop, pause. Okay, now that you're back and have joined, had an interesting chat about um, what it is, what they want to do, how it's going to work, and a bunch of things like that. And a little Baja 1000 talk in there too. In other news, Norcha, the uh, race in Portugal, is coming back next September 18th through the 24th I think the website will be live this week I'm not sure about that they weren't quite sure so don't look in the show notes for that this week but um, definitely next week and um, we'll be talking about that I think they're going to uh, do something special for any uh, like US based teams so keep an eye out for that if you want to go to a a cool race in a pretty cool little country yeah, I'm I'm anxious to go back to that so um that's enough right don't need to hear me talk anymore um, can't uh, don't have a dog yet to take out for a hike she had a good four hours last night yesterday afternoon with Paulette and her friends Dave and Mary and her little boy Cooper so it. Go fast, take chances, and join the AR cooperative. Thanks for listening. Hey, Randy. Hey, Troublemaker. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Well, I'm not doing too bad. A little, a little rushing home from work, but hey, that's life, right? <laughs> uh, well, not when you work at home. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> and the good thing is I'm only about... Uh, Ten minutes away, so halfway between between the house and town. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. How was wrapping? snow? Um, not really. We had a few inches, and it's mostly melted. We've had some 60, 60 degree <laughs> weather since it snowed, it, it but we've it's this is weird. It's been windy for like a week, and that's unusual for us. So, yeah. but uh, you know. Can't play too much. Yeah, right. Did you see the Buffalo Colts game? <laughs> no, I didn't. Was it? Uh, you
1: should search on YouTube when we're done for the highlights.
0: This... Like twelve to fourteen inches of snow fell during the game. Oh, well, that's that's a good one to watch on TV, right? <laughs> well, there's a ten minute highlight. Field. It's pretty oh. uh, doable. I'll have to look up. Although yeah. I, I will say my. Uh, Go Cleveland Browns they went to overtime that's almost like a win <laughs> <laughs> I was pulling for them I, I wanted them to win that I'm, I'm see I jumped on the the, the Browns bandwagon this year <laughs> oh. and and I'm kind of like I don't know if I really do want them to win one this year <laughs> so, well but. all right but that's you know that's the extent of my football jumping on the Owen uh, 13 Browns bandwagon. There you go.
1: Yeah, I really don't follow it all that much but I discovered that the highlight reels on YouTube on Mondays are um, it's a good way to kill 45 minutes over coffee.
0: That's not a bad idea. I listened there's a comedian named Kostaki Kanomopulos and he does this like football joke recap show oh. on Tuesday's podcast and that's like that's about all I need. yeah yeah. so um, been doing anything else recently no (laughs) this is like a freaking full time job it it is how does does all this social media our hobbies our things we like to do become so time consuming (laughs) (laughs) and what did we do before I know, right? I do wonder how I
1: ever held a, a real job.
0: Yeah, I'm like, I don't
1: know where you'd fit it in. I don't know how people do
0: it. No, if I, I mean, I haven't had a quote unquote real job or work for anybody for about 10 years. And yeah, it's like, there are just days when it's like, I need to take an afternoon and just go get stuff done. Right. And <laughs> and, and, and then people, you know, that have jobs and then they watch TV all night. And i just like. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I think if you work all day, you need to decompress somehow in the evenings.
0: So. <laughs> yeah, there, there may be, may be that too. So, so, yeah. um, all right. Where do you want to start, troublemaker? How, how, well, how did oh. the, how did the trouble start? What was your what was your impetus for for questioning the AR world as we know it? You know, it's funny because it was a it was a very innocent,
1: uh, offhanded comment on Facebook as I was um, leaving my house to go to the national championship, mm-hmm. the USARA national championship, mm-hmm. and I just said, "I'm off to the national." ad that is, I'm off to a national championship. Why does our sport have two? <laughs> Maybe it's something we can all talk about in the woods uh, this weekend. Mm. And that's where it all started. You know, I got there, and, of course, it started a buzz on the Facebook feed, and then it started a little bit of a buzz um, in the Poconos. And so Mm. I started chatting with people all weekend about it. And a few people were really interested in trying to, you know, not usurp or topple, just organize a little more and and have – uh, and see if we can't grow the sport because it's, you know, the conversations. it's doesn't seem to be growing. It's floundering, it's, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's like, all right, well, let's, I mean, it's our sport. Let's do something about it. And I, so that's where it began.
0: Yeah. So you, you said, let's do something. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, there's just so many, so much to talk about. It's like, where do we start? But so let's, let's, Let's start now and work backwards. So, the Adventure Race Cooperative, what's that?
1: Right. Um, so, the Adventure Race Cooperative was a group of us that, out of those conversations, we decided that we wanted to uh, make adventure racing a commonly recognized sport in the United States, you know, where you don't have to explain to everybody what it is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So we wanted to grow the sport and, and, you know, um, kind of make more opportunities for the people that are in it. You know, if you want to be a new race director, where do you go to, to learn how to do that? Why do we keep making the same mistakes? And so if there was a more organized body of knowledge, new, new race directors, you know, would, would get it a little more right their first time out. And so, so we formed this cooperative and it just released on the 6th. And we kind of went public and we asked people to join and we're going to elect a board as soon as we get 100 members. Mm-hmm. And that board will hopefully be 10 to 12 people from all around the United States. And, um, and once they're elected, they'll carry on and, you know, adopt the bylaws and look at the vision and make sure it's what we want and, and, adopt and revise and get people to help do this effort or that effort. And there's so many of us, there's so much talent that everybody can do something, you know, if they just, what are you interested in? Um, And that really happened all in November. People would just call me and say, Hey, I really want to do this. And, and I'm like, great, start doing it. And, you know, we formed a little email group and, people would send in comments and and it just would start to happen. And I'm like, wow, this is working pretty well. Um, so we're just, the AR cooperative is a formalization of that. Um, Yeah, you can join for free. uh, But if you want to vote on the board, it's $25. Uh, The money, it's a not for profit. So the money all goes back into, um, supporting adventure racing. Uh, in various ways, we're hoping to have a fall gathering, convention, something. You know, there'll be. Oh, the idea is we focus it around being social and talking and learning, and but it'll probably have some kind of AR event or AR type activities going on as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, everybody's got to get there, um, but I think it's it's safe to say or should say that. This is not going to be a governing body for the sport. Is that am I right? Correct. Yeah. Very good. It's we don't want to be
1: a sanctioning body or a, you know a rule setting body. It's more just a cooperative. You know, um, and we really want to avoid that because I think adventure racing may not lend itself so well to a strict set of rules about transition areas and checkpoints and all of that stuff. I mean, there's certainly guidelines for good checkpoint placement and, you know, what does a good race feel like versus a not-so-good race. Yeah. Um, but there's no sanctioning. We're, we're trying to not get into that area, you know? Yeah. But, you know, what we are trying to do is, in, in one way to grow the sport, and this came out very quickly, is if we divide the country up into regions... And then each region has a coordinator and that coordinator knows about the region. So if you want to put a race on, you can email or call that person and say, Hey, you know, how is permitting, how does permitting work? Or what are the good venues or what are the venues where races have happened? Mm -hmm. And, and that, so those, so you could sort of build up these subgroups and have nine to 11 regions. And those people will also, you know, foster the sport there they'll do outreach efforts they'll do uh just helping the race directors get their races on a comprehensive calendar which um SciSAC at ar hub has you know graciously offered to let us use his calendar and so we're going to push that um and try and get all the races on it so that there's one place to look for them so now if you want to put on a race you go look there and go oh here's a good you know here's a good weekend or here's a a good area where there's not a race or some combination of that. Right. Yeah. And so it's, it's yeah. all about creating resources
0: for the community of adventure racing. So yeah. Yeah. And sell cheap produce. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that so, what a cooperative does or fuel? I think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I learned some it. interesting things about the word cooperative. Like in some States, it's an official, designation like corporation and in other states it's
0: not huh. so it's just a, yeah. it's just a thing so well how do you define it then well i it's, to me it's like a cooperative effort okay it's you know we obviously we have to
1: have a board but we wanted a larger board so that it's a you know a more representative diverse group of people and and we all cooperate and it's It's not about trying to do things other people have done. It's just furthering all the things that are maybe falling through the cracks. You know, um, Mm -hmm. interestingly, you know, one of the questions that I get and I think, um, other people have mentioned is, well, are you replacing USARA? And it's like, no, well, we don't want to do that. We, USARA, you know, and, and Troy have done great things for the sport. And, and I've had long conversations with him, and we're going to be partners moving forward. You know, we're going to try and not do redundant things. Yeah. So so that's, you know, carrying forward. And and Doug and I at NARS, you know, we had some conversations early on, and they didn't necessarily go anywhere, but we're really supporting his discussion group and the teammate finder, you know, and, and that effort. Yeah. Um, you know, those are great resources for new adventure racers.
0: Yeah, I think... That's kind of what I'm seeing is that you know there's a lot of stuff out there. There's you know the the teammate finder on Facebook and the Gear Bazaar and all that stuff and but you sort of need to know where to look to find it. So Right. You know, so you're kind of hoping to bring like one stop shopping. Even if even if it's all these various you know, AR hub, all that but if they come to the cooperative, they can find all that in one place.
1: Well, that's the the idea, you know, and and everybody, it it happens a lot. It's people trying to do that organizational effort. So, you know, this may go the same way as every other one where it doesn't take off. You know, we hope that's not going to be the case, and there seems to be, uh, right now, I think when I just last looked, there were 80 people that had signed up from 35 states. Okay. So it's starting to become a little representative, maybe. Um. And so hopefully it just keeps growing and and it does organize our sport a little bit and give us a bigger voice to go to, you know, vendors or media outlets or the you know the outdoor retailer show which we're talking about maybe going to this November um, in Denver. Okay. You know and. And being more of a unified voice and saying, hey, there's 800 of us and, you know, we want to wear your socks or we want to, you know, we love your gear or stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Even just that, like you said, not having to explain what it is or being able to, to point it. Go look at this, that, you know, this two minute video and you'll understand a little better who we are or things like that. Right. Yeah. So what kind of a time frame are you looking at to try and get, you know, a board together and, and start for lack of better right. time, making things happen? Yeah. Well,
1: in order to form the corporation, which we did, we're a not for profit, um, Delaware corporation. Mm-hmm. And we've, we're in the midst of applying for a 501 C three. And that takes a little bit of time. Um, But um, I forgot where I was going with all that.
0: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) timeline. All right. Yeah. So um,
1: we're um, hoping to get 100 members. And as soon as we do, we're going to replace that provisional board that we had to appoint Mm -hmm. with an elected board. And then, ideally, that'll happen before the end of the year.
2: Okay.
1: Um, if 20 more people sign up, we'll probably say, okay, it's time to have an election. And we'll send out emails and say, here's the slate. Um, are you okay with it? Everybody right now that joins um, is told they're allowed to nominate people. There's a process. Mm-hmm. It's being run uh, independently by Barry Nobles. Uh, from Falls Church, and we appreciate that. So he's taking all the nominations, and he's going to run the election. And and anybody that's running for a board position is not involved. So we're we're trying to be you know rigorous and fair and and corporate, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, ideally, it, it um it's up and running already, and it just keeps growing and you know 2018 is a, a growth year and but we're online you know yeah so
0: i know you, you don't do you have a let's an interim mission statement for it part 1 and part 2 how will you define that the cooperative is a success oh good questions so, well, it should uh, we, be. I've been really, doing this for like four years. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, yeah, i um, So we do have a vision, mm-hmm. uh, and the vision, and I can just read it, okay. is to elevate adventure racing to a commonly recognized sport in the United States with at least 10 to 20 adventure races occurring annually in each region of the country. Uh the cooperative will support clubs and leagues around the country to continually grow and advance the sport. So that's success would be if we divide the country up into 10 regions and we've got 10 to 20 races happening in each region that we're facilitating and, you know, growing and supporting. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Seems, so seems fair. It seems like a good, a good goal. Oh.
1: Yeah. I have definition of success, right? You yeah. want it to be, Something out there. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, have it, you know, be successful in year one or anything. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, but so, it's, yeah.
0: yeah, it's also like I said, is that adventure racing is never going to be an Olympic sport. So let's figure out, <laughs> come down from that a little bit.
1: <laughs> right. So. Yeah, one of the things that I think is really lacking. And I, as an educator in my past and in my future, um, is sort of outreach. So we could provide a bunch of materials that people could use. Like you take it to a retailer and say, Hey, I want to give a talk. You know, a lot of retailers, there's one in state college that has a pint night yeah. and you can give a talk on whatever you want. Um, and so if you had materials all ready to go, that might facilitate that for other people, um, Myself personally, I'm going to teach a class at Penn State in adventure racing in the spring. So I, I hope to bring in, you know, more people racing that way. And I think somebody suggested that the cooperative sponsor a um, bring a rookie to a race day,
0: yeah. you
1: know, where we all try and find somebody that's never raced before. But would we think maybe would find it entertaining or even life changing. I mean, for me. You know, I got into adventure racing very naively, and, and now, you know, it's really become a fair bit of my life. Yeah. And I've learned so much from it and the people in it that, you know, I'm so thankful and, um, yeah, happy that, that it is a part of my life. So I, I really enjoy the racing part, and also I enjoy the, you know, giving back and, and, and getting other people involved. So...
0: Yeah, it's um, yeah. As much fun as the racing is, after a while, you have kind of it's kind of that. Been there, done that. What can I? What else can I do? What's <laughs> next? <laughs> yeah. Well, what's next? Or 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 sharing it. Um, I mean, it's always what's next for people like you. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's the next adventure? What What haven't I done yet? So, yeah. yeah. Always oh, looking for that high chasing the dragon,
1: <laughs> right? Well, there's more that you know. I've been trying to move into more of the uh volunteering at the bigger races. I joined the ARWS referee uh squad, okay? So I'll be volunteering and refereeing at at least one expedition race this year, well, 2018. Yeah. You know, and um, so, yeah, more of that stuff. I enjoy not as much as racing, but, you know, the days of me doing five expedition races a year are probably over.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you say that now. To, I'll ask you <laughs> next, next year how many races did you do? <laughs> but but I, I hear you, yeah. It's, did, yeah. Does it take – um, we'll get a little personal here. But what does it take for you now to be excited about a race? Uh,
1: I I have always enjoyed racing in new places and racing with new people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, I certainly I mean I love racing with old teammates, and I could you know list quite a few that if, if they called me up and said, "Can you come race?" I would be there. Um, but I really you know going to someplace different is is always exciting. And um, and raising with new people, you know, maybe not everybody being new, but at least you know having one new person on the team. Yeah. So so those are the things that excite me. I don't need you know bigger, longer, higher, harder.
0: Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. Other, <laughs> other than right, Patagonia. Anytime you you get a chance, you'll go right. I know. Right.
1: Well, I'm not. I'm going to volunteer at God's Own. Okay. I'm not going to raise it. I'm going to be down in New Zealand and I don't want to spend 10 days in Fiordland. You know, if they had left it at five, I probably would have signed up and raised it. But yeah. 10 is just sounds really exhausting. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Seems like it. But then, you know, when you're talking to them, they're like, well, it's going to take 10 days to do. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's okay. Right. If, if it, if it really takes ten days to do the race, that's fine. If if you stretch it out just so you can go from border to border, right, <laughs> then that gets a little yeah. old.
1: <laughs> well, I I also think that um, Fiordland in New Zealand is going to be a very Patagonia like. Mm-hmm. Um, so. You know, depending on the weather that week, it could be you know not just difficult; it could be extremely difficult. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so. I mean, there's no question. It's going to be a hard, a hard race. Yeah. Um, but, but that, that area, you know, the wind and the wet and the cold and the it's, it's a really hard environment. So, yeah, you know, I, you know, kudos to all the people that signed up and that are going to take it on. So.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, it's it, in New Zealand. That's just that's your holiday week. You just- <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Um. Let's. I, I want to. Let's talk about. Since we're on, what you're doing. Here's one of my favorite questions. Well, what was your favorite day of racing this this year?
1: 2017.
0: Yeah. Because you did you did a fair amount of racing.
1: Um. Well, you know, does it have to be an adventure race? No. <laughs> no, I said of racing. Okay, so my favorite day of racing was day two. Was it day two or day one? It's all blurry. Of the Dragon's Back run across Wales. It's a 300-plus-kilometer stage run across Wales, and there's checkpoints, so you have to navigate. And the Welsh fog can make that pretty difficult. Never mind that you're running you know, 40-plus miles every day yeah. and camping in between. So, but, yeah, the day that we did um, the knife-edge ridge up to Mount Snowden was, you're just, you're scrambling, and it's thousands of feet down, and there's wind and fog, and and it's just this, you're really out there. And um, and then you got to figure out what little side ridge to go off to get the checkpoint. But at the end of that day, I felt like, wow, that was one of the hardest days I had ever spent racing. Hmm. Uh, And spectacular. That's the other thing. You know, it was, it really was very scenic. You know, you think of the United Kingdom and Wales maybe as being pretty uh, populated, but there, you know, there's a lot of wilderness
0: out there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I always get that, yeah, with races in in Wales and Scotland and Maybe even in England, you think, "Well, how can there be any open terrain?" But right, <laughs> but it exists. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gnarly. Yeah. Right, it's
1: very gnarly. Oh, you know, there's a place up there called the Glitters, and it's these rock formations that look like crystalline flowers. You know, and they're ten feet tall. And you're running up in the on the top of the ridge, and there's rocks everywhere. And then you come across these things, and it just feels like you're on some other planet in know, uh, it certainly doesn't feel civilized
0: hmm. sounds, so. like, sounds really cool so how do you get those people cuz there's a lot of races like dragons back how do you, how do you drag those people kicking and screaming to AR cuz it's not a lot different other than no bikes or kayaks or but it seems yeah. like that should be a good audience or a good uh, a feeder system maybe yeah, you know, I think you're right, and I and
1: I think that there there are some adventure racers that do it for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the percentage would be. It's probably, uh, ten maybe twenty percent. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't know if it's just that those people really like their trail running. I mean, you had to navigate, so that yeah. really did add a bit to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, or you know.
0: Yeah. Well. I guess let's make it a little more general. What in your what in your mind keeps people from adventure racing? Is it is it that they need gear, or is it navigation, or just that they don't know about it? I you know I really think it's
1: that they don't know about okay. it I, because anybody. Well, last last weekend, yeah, like eleven days ago, I did Rootstocks um, Two Rivers Race. Yeah and I brought a, a running friend of mine from State College who had – she's a great trail runner, phenomenal, but she'd never done an adventure race. She'd barely heard of them. So um, she signed up on our team, and we went down there. And, you know, we start the bike leg, and she borrowed a bike. She'd not done very much paddling, so I gave her a paddle and a PFD. and um, But we got on the first bike leg, and she's like, yeah, I bike a lot, but I've never really mountain biked. <laughs> ever <laughs> and it was like uh-oh <laughs> um, but then within a couple of hours she sort of figured it out and she stood up a little bit you know she was still figuring out going the down, on the downs and whatnot but but she was you know great on her feet as far as running and paddling we were all on the boat together so you know we just paddle. um but yeah and so it wasn't that she didn't have a bike she sort of Borrowed a bike and figured out how to ride it. You know, not that she didn't ride on rail trails and commute to work Mm -hmm. and all that. Um, So I think it really is that people just don't know. Mm -hmm. I did a um, a talk to the Penn State Outing Club last maybe a month and a half ago Mm -hmm. about adventure racing and orienteering. And so there's maybe 30 kids in the room, college students, and like one of them had ever heard of adventure racing. And the rest of them were like, no, never, never, um, you know, they didn't even know it exists. So, and that's part of that outreach thing. I think yeah. if we get more adventure racers going out into the world, into these places and saying, Hey, here's this really cool sport. It'll change your life. You may love it. You may hate it, but you should at least try it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Give it a go. Um, yeah. so obviously, obviously not having heard of it, it's, that's where we get people talking about a be on TV. But would would college kids know about it if it was on TV? Because they don't watch TV.
1: No, in fact, I had this a bit of this conversation with uh, Eric uh, Noctree about you know media and adventure racing. We're sort of in this maybe cutting edge area where watching sporting events happens on the internet not on the television right because and adventure racing is just made for that right we've got all the the dot watching systems and the the blogging and you know so and now there's you know he's doing videos him and um, Viv yeah. so and it's a bit like if you um the Tour de France you know they they do their live coverage but they're following that race that that traverses all of the country, right? Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. so that infrastructure exists if there's enough money and enough market, but you could do that with adventurers, right? They the Tour de France flies a 747 full of Wi-Fi gear and video gear over the top of the race, and that's how they have their connectivity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know,
1: AOR could get
0: there. <laughs> well, maybe maybe a. Seven twenty-seven. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Maybe a biplane. Yeah. No. I mean, I I found for me that yeah, if you can, people like the live videos or just you know almost live on course. Right. So if you can get you know a cell signal nowadays, that's all you need, and a lot of times that's not that hard to have a signal everywhere. But um, yeah, it seems like the immediacy and it's. The technology is close, but not quite. Um, yeah. Well, right. So yeah. we are.
1: It's it's cutting edge, you know. But you know, all of the people that adventure race, all of our friends and family, or at least some of them, you know, when when you're at a big race, they're glued to their computers, yep. watching the dots, wondering yep. why it's not moving, or you know, or cheering it on, or whatever. And I do it. Boy, every time there's a race, I watch and I highlight the four teams I really want to follow, and I. Watch them, and I, you know, I read the blog, and I mean, I love it.
0: I think yeah. it's great. It's hard to get anything done when
1: one of those races is going on. Yeah.
0: So here's the thing that I found was pretty weird at at uh, Baja because they use track leaders for their track tracking system, right? And so I'm looking at it exactly like an adventure race or you know, tour divide. It's exact same experience for me, and it's also you know, because I was was with one of the teams, and we're getting messages like, "Why isn't the dot moving? Why are they here? Why is that?" <laughs> so, so maybe you know, a lot of people are learning to follow dots. We just got to get them to the right sport. was <laughs> <All right. laughs> good, but that's a good point. But yeah, in, yeah very weird. Sport. Yeah, to see that in a different sport. So, um, mm-hmm.
1: we'll... I wonder now with that technology you know, what a a televised expedition race like Eco Challenge or something would look like. Oh. You know, would it have more of the maps and here's the dots as a part of the movie, right, the video? Yeah. Because yes. you really do get a better sense of what's going on than just having, you know, video clips of the racers because you don't get the big picture. You can't really see what they're doing. You just sort of... Oh, now they're in boats. Oh, now they're on bikes. But you don't really see them going across Vietnam or across, you know, um, Fiji or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I wonder if how much – so if Equal Challenge happened today, how much of it would be live on the internet and how much – Right. Or, or would they film it all and cut it and put it on TV six months later? That's – hmm. I don't
1: know, but if you yeah. look at you ask this question all the time, right? How did you get into adventure racing?
0: Yeah.
2: And
1: a lot of the answers are, I saw Eco Challenge on TV.
0: Yep, Eco Challenge or Primal Quest or, yeah, right. on TV. But on, that's yeah. how people got into it. Yeah. So, so I think the question is, like we said, though, now, is it I saw it on TV or I saw it on YouTube? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, that's right. We could flood YouTube with videos.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, get some content on YouTube so they got people got something to watch because there's hardly anything there. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: Well, I'll make a note.
0: Yeah. we going to start on our YouTube
1: channel. Yeah. It must exist, right?
0: Um, well, I think there's a World Series channel, and most of the races I've done – eventually I put everything up on it you know I'll do a YouTube channel for each race sometimes but you know I've kind of quit doing that too because nobody watches you know yeah. a week after the race nobody cares so right yeah that's the, that's the other secret well the good thing about doing stuff live is that's when they want to watch it unless you're yeah. a racer then a week later you guys all watch it so, right but, so um, what's uh, – not to be critical, but what's the one critical comment you've gotten mostly from from the a- AR Cooperative? I mean, is there something that people are kind of like a question or why you're doing this or some sort of comment that keeps coming up or is everybody well, positive?
1: It's uh, mostly I don't get too many negative comments. I mean, I have gotten the "Are you trying to replace, you know, in some organization, yeah. USA or um, NARS or whatever?" Yeah. and 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 we have a good answer to that because we're not, yeah. you know. Um, so, well, we went round and round on should we charge money, yeah, and and it's like, well, what are we going to do with the money? Well, it's really not that much money. But, well, okay, we just want to know where the money is going, and so we sort of said, okay, well, the money is going to go to creating resources, creating outreach materials, hosting a fall convention, um, so a few business expenses, yeah, and we put all of our financials on the web, so you'll see exactly where your money is going. Um, so those, those things come up.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't. There hasn't
1: really been the 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 most negative comment is the silence, right? Yeah. You you send out to 500 people and 80 of them sign up. So what did the other 420 think? Okay. Well, some percentage were just busy.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But some percentage are probably like, that's this is a horrible idea. But they don't send me an email. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't know.
0: Well, Um, if if they say it's a horrible idea, then you might say, well, what would make it better? And then they'd have to think about it. So I
1: actually have converted
0: some people that way. Some people that have said, you know, well,
1: why are you doing it this way? And I'm like, well, how do you think it should be done? And then they say, well, we want to do this. And I'm like, well, do you have time to do that? And suddenly they're involved. (laughs) Because it's like... Right. If you have an idea and you think it's good, you know, flush it out. Ask the community what they think, and we, you know, we'll make it into a reality.
0: Yeah. So, well, that's yeah. that, that's good. Huh? There you go. Cooperative. So, cooperative. Right. That's why we call it that. Yeah. So. Um,
1: yeah. So.
0: So, um, notice how I jump around a little bit. But, so what's what's your plans for next year? Uh, what do people want to know? <laughs> no,
1: yeah, I don't know if anybody does. But I
0: am... Um,
1: my wife, Laura, has never been to New Zealand. And two of our good friends live there. So we are going to New Zealand for two and a half months. Yeah. Uh, we're leaving in January. And we'll probably be volunteering at God's for a day or two Yeah, at some point. Um, and then I come back and I'm going to teach a class at Penn State in adventure racing. Yeah. And then I'm – oh, then I fly off to England, and I'm going to run the Northern Traverse again, which is a 200-mile run across England. Okay. Super great run. And then I'm trying to decide if I want to fly from there to Oregon and do Expedition Oregon because I, I love those guys, and I really want to do their race because I know it's going to have, like, good crazy stuff in it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I'm just not sure I'm going to be in any kind of shape to do it <laughs> after running across England. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't really have a big race. Well, no, I'm doing. Um, then in the summer, I'm going to do Untamed, New England. Okay. Um, and then I'm going to referee and volunteer for Shenandoah Tough. Okay that's uh, kind of as far as I've gotten I don't I really want to go to worlds but I don't think I'm gonna make the trip yeah. I think it's just see
0: I already made that decision because it's <clears throat> the same week as Baja next year and I'm like oh
2: <laughs> well there you go I, I
0: could I could either definitely know I can go to some place or some place that might maybe happen so <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah well so how was Baja?
0: Am I allowed to ask questions? Yes, you are. (laughs) Baja was so cool, and what struck me is it's so much like adventure racing. The the planning and, you know, you got checkpoints and you got – they don't call them TAs, but they got pits where you have, you know, if you're a smaller team, you got to get the right gear there ahead of time and, you know, just – you know navigation's a little right. easier cuz you're following a GPS but then you're always trying to get the GPS to work and and but the big thing is the people were so the, the team I went with was just nice people which you know like I said Excellent. I haven't I haven't found a, the dick in adventure racing yet I'm sure there is one but yeah. <laughs> I haven't met him but um yeah it's just a you know you see well, you see everything when you get to drive up and down the peninsula twice, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, sure, a lot of waiting so around. Sense. Yeah.
1: Do we need to put together an adventure racing team and come try and do
0: Baja? It would be pretty good, I think. There's actually a few things that would uh, that they should take um, nutrition-wise because you know the drivers would be like, "Yeah, I might take a bottle, you know, drink of water at a pit stop," and it's like you guys should be drinking constantly and, and trying to eat because, <laughs> you know, they're they're driving 10 tenths for 8 eight to 12 hours at a stretch, you know.
1: It's, yeah, it, well, it's an enduring yeah,
0: sport, right? Yeah, it is. So, and uh, like adventure racing, a lot of driving. So so I ended up at one of the pits. We drove from Ensenada. We left two days before the race started. We drove we drove 11 hours the first day. We drove 9 hours the second day to get there. We set up, we waited 15 hours and the truck came through and was there for 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so but it was a big party, you know, there's a couple of thousand people camped out, you know, on either side of the of the course and just waiting and you know, it's it's and it's pretty exciting when a 800 horsepower trophy truck comes blasting through at two o'clock in the morning. So, wow! It's yeah, a, I'd love to go there. Yeah, never one of the Baja
1: races, but that sounds just as fun. Actually,
0: it was pretty cool. Yeah, and, and I, I like I said, it's the people, um, Mike Palmer and his team, and then Shannon <clears> Campbell, and you know, and, and it's interesting because they broke their truck. the broke the truck at about eight hundred miles and you know spent ten hours trying to fix it and that was the end of it and they're all kind of like, well, that's that's racing, you know. So oh. you know, even though they were up into like almost the top well, they're in the top fifteen when they broke it. And you know, their theoretically their truck is, you know, a class down on the top guys, but um
1: hmm. how many teams were there?
0: Almost four hundred. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, well, and oh, this is a good one. I met the Mark Latanzi of Baja, sort (laughs) of. So I was sitting at the finish line and just chatting with some guys, and this guy who rides motorcycles and one of the officials were trying to decide how many races he had done. And they couldn't figure out if it was 16 or 17 because if you're on a motorcycle team, you've got six or eight riders each year. And he's like, right. I can't remember who I rode with each year. <laughs> <laughs> so but, Yeah, it's a it's a cool sport. Yeah, if you think adventure racing is expensive, just try running Baja. I, you know, I you can know, only can. imagine. So every every time we pulled into a PMEX for fuel for the convoy of trucks, it was about fourteen hundred bucks for fuel a couple of times a day. <laughs> Wow. So, yeah. And uh yeah, it's a lot of money. So we, and they went all the way up
1: and then all the way back. But the race was just one way, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. So this year and <clears throat> they do a peninsula run every third every third year. So next year it'll be probably like around an eight hundred mile. The the Baja one thousand will be about eight hundred miles, it'll start and finish in Ensenada. And then, okay. So they do that two years, and then they do a peninsula because it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, you got four hundred teams. Yeah. Got to have two or three chase vehicles each. Um, you know, and th- you know, four, five, six people at each pit. So yeah, it's a lot. But I'll go again in a second. And and the other thing is. The Baja racers and people that go there talk about it like you Patagonians talk about Patagonia, right? <laughs> just, it's the, they the love bunch. it. It's so hard, but they love it, and they go back anytime they can. So, it's a, wow, it sounds like a great event. It is. I mean, it's just it's a huge party. The they have it's called contingency the day before the race, where all the trucks have to go through and sort of be inspected, and it's. To me, it's like the Sturgis motorcycle rally—just you know, vendors and people right. selling food, and you can't hardly move, and just a big, big party. So, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm down there, and it's like, well, screw this adventure racing. I wanna, I wanna concentrate on off-road racing. And then I get back, and it's like, oh, let's start talking AR again. <laughs> so, but uh, so is uh yeah. Is
1: Paula going to do the um, the run across the Pyrenees again? Yep.
0: Yep. Is That's, that this year coming up? Yeah. So she's going, and and to be tricky about it, there's a conference that she can go to in Paris before the race. So. Ah, a work trip. A work trip. And
1: but you're not going to that.
0: No, I we've talked about it, but. Um, one I'd have to leave the day after untamed to get there in time. Okay. Which, yeah, you know, be that's doable. But I've also now in the last week so I'm going to fire and ice, probably, pretty sure, in Iceland. Oh. Uh huh. And get back from that and then like ten days later, um, untamed, Shenandoah. Right. Like Shenandoah tough I should say. Um and then looks like the day after that finishes, I'm going to go to Portugal for Norcia again. Oh, so, so, very good. So it's like she can go in August and I'll be gone in September.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Your year pretty well planned out, too, then, huh?
0: Yeah, it's just like literally in the last week, the, you know, the. Iceland and, and Nor- while well, Norcia was this morning, spent a bunch of time talking with them, and so I think I can make that work that trip. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Because
1: I'd like to go to Portugal and you know race or even just go have an adventure trip.
0: I, I hear it's really spectacular. It it was the race. You know, to be honest, the first year they had some you know teething problems, but I suspect they will will uh, fix this time. You know, nothing major. You know, the racers had a good race. It was just, you know, you, you know, those things that happen in a first yeah. adventure race. And,
1: well, even in even in experienced, you know, well-run races, things can go very, very wrong.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and none of them were that wrong. So, yeah, I'm looking looking forward to that. I'm, I was kind of thinking I probably wouldn't be able to go because there's, you know, so close together, Shenandoah and that. But I think I can make it work. Yeah, you know, it would it would be tougher if it was cowboy tough, and then had to go to to Europe the day after. But yeah, right from East Virginia, Georgia. it won't be so bad. So right, but, you know. yeah. Um. All right. Last words, of wisdom. Well, give me your thirty second pitch. Why? Not that we haven't talked about it the whole time, but why people should sign up for they are cooperative why people should sign up for the AR cooperative um this is you got to get this down so when you go to when you're talking to sponsors you got to have your elevator pitch my pitch well i I'd, I'd start
1: out with my vision and the and the group you know that there are a lot of us and there really are right? right and if we want to be a recognized sport then we have to have we have to have a unified voice and so maybe the AR cooperative is it um and if we get 800 members, I
0: think we would be it. So that's a reason to sign up right there because we don't have 800 members yet. That's good, real. All right. If you don't sign up, then you can't listen to the podcast anymore. How's that? Sound? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how I'm going to enforce that, but uh,
1: well. Yeah, well, interestingly, we the whole website, all the resources at the moment are open to the world, whether you're a member or not. I mean, since membership can be free, you could be a member and you know, and not pay the money and then I don't know why you wouldn't join. Yeah. But you know, right now everything we create is going to be open to the world. It's not going to be a four members only kind of thing. That's that's sort of counter to our vision, which is to grow the sport, right? We don't want to exclude people because they either can't or don't want to pay twenty five dollars a year. Yeah. So you know, it, it's free to sign up, all it takes is thirty seconds to fill out a form on the web.
0: Yeah, I don't even. Why you? Yeah, and if you have LastPass, it fills it in automatically, and it takes like ten seconds. Right there, you go. <laughs> so. so, all right. Well, I, in behalf of everybody else, thanks for working your ass off.
1: Well, I, you know, I have to do something to fill the days. So that's true. And mm. and you too. You know, you do a lot of work, and 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 I, I mean, I think people realize that, but you know. You know, great job, Randy. Thank you. I'm, four years is a long time to, to put all, out a an interview every week.
0: So sometimes it <laughs> is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's really funny because sometimes sometimes I'll do like four a week. They just fall into place, Bing, 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 uh, and then sometimes it's like, Oh, who am I going to get? Who's Who's available? <laughs> who's you know? So. Right. And then I have a nice chat like this, and it's like, oh yeah, that's why I do it. So yeah, yeah. and I got to keep going because I think I know who I'm going to do have for number two hundred. Oh, excellent! Number two hundred. Wow, congratulations! Thanks. So that's a well. We're I think this is one seventy nine or one eighty. So it'll be a little ways, but it's coming. Right. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for the chat All right. and have fun in New Zealand thanks well nice chatting and I'll see you somewhere next year well yeah you'll see me at Untamed in uh, Shenandoah Shenandoah if not before it's true okay take All care Randy. Right. alright bye
1: come
2: on Pops bye. let me be the leader this time alright go ahead I'll just hang back here let Prince play piano woo me. <laughs> ki